Right, well, hello everyone and welcome to How to Live a Sterling Life. I'm Kate Sterling and I'm very excited this week because I actually have a guest on the podcast so you guys won't have to just listen to me droning on and ranting about life. Um, I'm really excited to welcome Hayley Forster to the podcast today. Um, Hayley, I'm just going to hand it straight over to yourself to introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about what you do and who you are. Yeah, sure. So, um, hi, I'm Hayley Forster, and um, how shall I describe myself? Um, I am um, basically what I do is I'm a simple living mentor for people, um, and it's not the, probably the most intuitive um, title for for someone, but it, it's kind of a probably a new trend, I suppose. It's very much behind the minimalism and intentional living trends. So, what I do is I support um, people, typically women, um, mothers who are feeling really overwhelmed with just life in general, day-to-day life. And I help them declutter their lives. And that comes in lots of different forms as well. So it's physical, um, emotional, when you think of like your to-do list, commitments, relationships, limiting beliefs, like all those things that you would class as clutter. Um, I just help people kind of sort through it, have a big lifestyle detox um and um and yeah that's pretty much uh what I started doing about five years ago now um and I originally started back in the corporate world corporate world was definitely not for me um and I got out of it thankfully um and focused on on simple living coaching really from kind of a um a very personal experience it was something that I'd went through um in my personal life um, and I wanted to kind of help other people do the same. And I think that's always where a, 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 a good coach and mentor comes from is when they've been through it themselves, haven't they? And that they've kind of pulled themselves out the other side and they can support people doing the same thing. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's, it's kind of, it's so hard sometimes to remember how tough that time was, I think, because you, you've spoken before on your blog online and Hayley's website, by the way, everyone, is... Uh, www.simplejoy.co.uk so go check that out um was that this all came from a place when you were really like you said really struggling and you know um you mentioned the book on the website essentialism by greg mcgowan which i actually have up on my bookshelf as well i listened to that as an audio book and and that book for anyone that doesn't know is about really cutting down and and focusing and simplifying so Hayley, because I think when things are really tough, it's really hard to know how to get out of the hole that you're in. So was there anything that you started doing quite specifically that helped you shift out of that kind of difficult time that you were living within? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I was, I've always struggled. I'm very open about my mental health journey. Um, I probably talk about it far too much <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned it's it, I like to talk about the ups and the downs of it to try and keep the conversation flowing around mental health because sometimes it's been very difficult for people um, but ever since I was a child I've struggled with depression and anxiety um, I lost my mum when I was young I was 13 years old um, and she passed away and it was just one of those things where going through grief as a an adolescent was just very difficult um and I processed it in lots of different ways really all lots of different probably negative ways when you look back on it but I thought I was doing the right thing so Mm. I became um I became a hoarder um I became a bit of a control freak a perfectionist this was all me trying to keep uh, control of my life basically I didn't want unexpected surprises to happen so I became um, a massive um, planner um, a big perfectionist as well we were just talking about that yeah, it, that probably, yeah. <laughs> I just planned for everything and it had to be perfect because yeah. nothing could go wrong then um, and it just got to the point where I'd been living so many years like that that I couldn't see any other way out of it I was so overwhelmed with life and it's sad when I say that because I don't like thinking about it but I was just so 
I was just fed up of it. I really did. And I've, I've talked quite openly about the fact that I, I was suicidal. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't see a path out. I just thought that was the card, the, the cards I'd been dealt in life. Um, and I just had to put up with it. Um, and I got very tired of it. I was constantly feeling as though I wasn't doing good enough. Um, that I just wasn't a good person. And uh, when I say that now, I feel, thankfully, I feel so far detached from that, which is, it's lovely to feel that now, but in the moment, it was really, really hard. And there was one particular day, which is on my blog, the blog that you, you mentioned, um, where I did get so low, and I was actually at the point of of planning things of, about what my husband could do if, um, if I left. I'd not long had my first baby, so there was a touch of postnatal depression in there as well, for sure. Um, but I was kind of making a list of financially what they could do without me and where all the passwords <laughs> were and all the like the bank details. And that shocked me because I'd been living so long with it that I'd kind of felt that that came out of nowhere. I was like, God, has it, has it got that bad? Like... I'm really considering this like I want that is the thing that I want to do like I couldn't see any way out of it and that shocked me so much because I I always thought I never would because I lost my mom when I was younger I knew the impact that on had on me and I've always been very adamant that that wouldn't I wouldn't go down the route of of leaving my child without a mother Mm -hmm. um, because I would be inflicting a lot of pain on them that, that I'd had and that was the day that really like a class is my rock bottom it was just even the thought entering my head and actually physically writing stuff out and planning it I realized how low I'd gotten um and actually that day was the day that I probably received um I hate to say like <laughs> meant to happen or something and like it was a ball of lightning from out of anywhere. Download, I think some people say. Had a download. Yeah, yeah, it must be that. Um, but I was to distract myself from feeling the way I was feeling, I just hopped on a YouTube as you do. Um, and I was like, I'm just gonna watch some some stupid videos on, on YouTube and like comedy ones and distract myself from it. Um, and uh, I ended up watching a video, which was an interview with um, a celebrity, the guy who plays um, Captain America, Chris Evans. And they were talking, this was a few years ago now, about um, eight, eight, nine years ago. And they asked him a very simple question. I was really enjoying the interview because it wasn't, you know, and sometimes it's celebrity gets, celebrities get interviewed and they start talking about like, just kind of standard celebrity stuff. And you're like, oh God, this is so dull. But this one was actually a really kind of deep conversation. And I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this. Sucked me in. And they asked him if, what would you, like, what would your advice be to your 12 year old self? And I really liked his answer. Because most people like say things like, oh, um, to, I don't know, to, to, to not worry about what you want to be when you're older and things like that. And I expected that. But his response was uh, just shh um, and just said that, that one word. And then he just paused and then he explained it a little bit more. And I was really intrigued because he was talking about how as we grow up, we get so much clutter in our lives and he wasn't talking here about in in your home like whatever whatever's in your cupboards he was just talking about kind of like external um expectations like societies just your beliefs like all this noise in your head and that noise can completely sidetrack you and take you off into different routes you believe things that normally you wouldn't Mm. um and I just thought that was a really interesting answer and I was like that's exactly what's wrong with me. <laughs> I'd spent so many years just kind of trundling along, not realising what was going on, but it was exactly that phrase that got to me. It was that, shh, and I was like, that's it. I just need to quiet my life down. It, it got, when I looked at my life, I was like, no wonder I'm feeling like this. Mm. Like I was so busy. I had a really busy corporate job, um, had a new baby, I had a new house, um, I, I was because I was a, a massive hoarder and a, a, 
organized and freak and a, a perfectionist like even the slightest job that would normally take someone five minutes would take me like two hours. Like I just filled mm. my life with so much stuff mm. and I just needed to quieten down. And it was at that point I realized I was like, there is a way out of this. Cause I got to the point where I really, I thought there wasn't. Mm. Um, and it was that day that kind of was the turning point for me. Um, and I started researching kind of like that concept and which led me on to Greg's book, uh, Essentialism, which was very much how I live my life now. And it talks about how just living simply, focusing on the things in, in your life that add value to you as a person and make you a better version of you mm-hmm. um, and everything else can go. Um, and it was a bit overwhelming I'd be honest to start with because I was like well how am I going to do this like this is a big ask like my life is full (laughs) where do I start um and really the best place for me to start at that point because there was no re there was no way I was going to start getting into my mind that was just that was too messy um and I started with my physical possessions because that was probably the thing that upset me the most Mm. my my day-to-day mood and my um, reactions to things are very much dependent on my environment. Um, And that was the thing for me that could have made the biggest impact at that moment in time. And because I was surrounded by so much clutter, it made me feel awful. It made me feel like I wasn't a good mum. It made me feel like I was just useless. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't keep up with the house. and that was where I started, really. I, I decided possessions was the thing that was going to have the biggest impact on me in that space of time. Mm-hmm. And then by, by doing that, I could free up some more time and space in my life to to go down more of the other route and actually get deeper into what, what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. And But first, I needed to really do that kind of surface-level cleanse of, of getting rid of loads of things because... Yeah, if I'd thought about where I am now and I knew that that's where I was going to get to, it would have terrified me. Yeah. I just can't do that all at once. But it's been a nice, um, I wouldn't say it was a slow process because it becomes, you feel the benefits quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I suppose I, I became, and I wanted more of it. So it, it probably went faster than, um I expected but it it took me a good few years to 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 get um through it but uh uh, the possessions wise I mean that that was probably the the bit that kicked it into gear and the benefits I felt from that were 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 amazing and you just couldn't stop us (laughs) (laughs) I I love this let's keep doing it (laughs) your partner or your husband then like no 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 you can't throw that or like did, did, did you find that you had interesting kind of boundaries that might have been different with each other based on where you were and maybe he was or was it just something that he let you get get on with yeah I mean it was different depending on the things because my husband's very much um he doesn't like clutter um but we clutter we we hoard different things so I um because of like my childhood I was very much like a hoarder of probably useless things like I used to struggle with my memories as a child so I would go out on like on a day out and I would keep all the leaflets I would have like stones and shells and like just things that would prompt me of that memory um and it was like I didn't even know I had half of them so it was a bit embarrassing when I was opening a box <laughs> um but then he he was a bit more of a hoarder on the technical side because he's a he's into his computers he's a, a systems analyst database um administrator or something like that I don't know what it is um (laughs) but he's very techy um and so he would have cables and lots of different um like hard drives and graphics cards and things like this so I was way worse but he also had a little bit of it in his own little areas as well so I in the in the beginning, and this is what I always recommend to people when I start working with them, is I kind of ignored his stuff and I focused on mine. Mm-hmm. And I thought I need to process the the emotional attachment I've got with these things myself. Um, and I didn't touch anything that was joined. I didn't touch anything that was his. I focused on mine. 
and then I think he started to realize okay she's she's getting into this because it would, it would always be one of those things like oh god we need to sort this place out and I just never would um I think there was a big um struggle to to go to it but just because I knew that it would uncover a lot of emotions for me mm-hmm. um but when he started to see me going through it we started to go through our joint stuff together and then we even started looking at his stuff together so we got rid of loads of cables it was amazing yeah. uh, that was probably my favorite day um <laughs> and and now it's just very much like that is the way we live he mm-hmm. saw how much stress an anxiety it took away from me having less in the house because there was less to manage there was and I'm not I don't live in a house as well where um well a few things really like me and my husband uh do equal amounts in the house it wasn't all left to me it's certainly it's a joint job when it comes to both of us and I don't live in a house where I've got nothing I'm not a minimalist where I just have one chair in a room or anything like that I've got as I mean you can see here I've got possessions <laughs> but they're all they're all possessions that we chose to keep as a family that added something to us mm. um and it's been it, it has been a journey there's been difficulties are more from my side because I had more of an emotional attachment to stuff but as soon as I think the, the other family members see the benefit of it it's easy to, to go along and even the kids join in now like they'll pull out things from their playroom and they'll be like oh, can I donate this now I don't play with it anymore um, and I think it's just because they've seen mummy and daddy sorting through their stuff over the years and they want to 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 do the same because they know that it it, it just makes us a bit like a happier family because I I hate saying it but it's something that I am again as I'm, I'm quite open about like in the early days of them being children I used to just be so anxious and on edge all the time and I felt like such a crappy parent because I would get so frustrated that I would snap and I I hate thinking that I was like that but I just was because everything was so on top of me um and so I like to think as well that they'd see mummy so much happier mm. um with less in their life and then they can kind of understand it's hard for a child to understand but I think they they feel the benefit of it them, themselves they're not they probably don't necessarily understand what's going on mm. um but they've probably they've, they've definitely noticed a shift um because one of the biggest problems I had as well as when we moved down here one of my my youngest daughter one day said to me like mommy why are you always crying and that broke my heart I was like oh my god like when your child says that to you like you need to you need to make a change um and yeah it, it I've never once in the last five six years heard her say that again um so yeah I've made the positive change (laughs) that's incredible because I think like you know when we hear the word clutter we immediately think about possessions because that's what we see and we forget that there's so much that's then like tangled up inside emotionally or physically or whether it's just memories like the things that we keep from childhood that maybe is like a really deep emotional connection to happy times or things that we cling to especially uh, like you know when times have been difficult and and you don't want to remember the trickier times you we cling to the things that actually help us feel good and stay in the world of nostalgia that's like happy even if it's rose tinted and not quite the truth of what the past was and the hoarding thing is so interesting to me because like I've, I've had experiences of that but with food and like I had an eating disorder when I was younger and um actually when I so I was I was married um I'm not any longer I went through a divorce but in that marriage there was one point, and I don't think the guy that I married knew about this, but in my wardrobe, I kept like tubs of chocolate. Uh, it was always chocolate, always kind of, no, never really sweets, but always chocolate, like tubs of stuff that was just stashed, hidden away. And I remember once trying to put all this chocolate, which filled nearly two bin bags, like an insane amount of space, trying to go and put them in the rubbish outside. And I went back in the flat and then was like, I need, I can't actually leave that there. I need to bring it back in. It gave me such anxiety because there was such an emotional attachment to this food. And this was like you similarly, probably seven or eight years ago, there was all sorts of other stuff that was going on. And, you know, I like, 
thinking back now, it is kind of horrifying. I kind of get a, get a bit of a sweat on thinking about yeah. it because it's such a it's such an emotional attachment to things that some people would never even consider like blinking at. So I, I don't suppose, I mean, do you find that with the coaching that you do, people find it almost embarrassing to share their habits or their hoarding or their clutter because it, it feels like, like you said, a little bit, it feels like we're failing or that we're really weird and that yeah. no one else does that. But actually kind of maybe we all have our secret stash of yeah. something. Exactly. It's it's exactly that. And I think a lot of people do um, struggle to come to someone like me and ask for help because mm. it's them admitting that that actually they have got something that they consider to be embarrassing, which is another reason why I talk quite openly about it, because I am. I'm certainly not the only person you've just said that you used mm-hmm. to hoard uh, food. I know multiple people in my friend circles that have got weird things that they keep as well. <laughs> it's just, you feel, you feel stupid. You feel as though it's only you, but it's not. Mm-hmm. In fact, the people who don't do that are probably in the minority. Um, it's just because we're so embarrassed about it, we, we tend to hide it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is one of those things that when I first start working with people, it is trying to tease things out of them and, and trying to, get them to be really open and honest about what it is that's getting them down and why they're feeling so attached to these things so it can get quite deep because mm. you don't you don't react to physical things when there isn't some reason behind it mm. um so with, with with me in particular I had a lot of physical um, emotional attachments to physical items because that for me was the way of me keeping my memories alive. Mm. Um, I tended to forget a lot of things from when I was little. So if I pulled something out, I'd be able to look at it and it would refresh my memory. I'd be like, Mm. oh yeah, I remember doing that. And and I would start connecting dots. Mm. And then what my thought behind that is that if I let them go, I'm giving away my childhood memories. Mm. And then I was like, well, I can't do that because memories is all you've got. Why would I get rid of it? But actually I go through a real process and this is something I do with other people as well as understanding that actually the memories aren't attached to that item. They're in here. It's just finding a way to, to pull them out. Mm. Um, so what I, what I did and what I've done with a, a lot of other people is we, uh, we take a picture of that sentimental item um, and actually just looking at a picture of it can then prompt the same feelings mm. and prompt, prompt the same memories coming back. But actually you don't have that item kind of cluttering up your house and reminding you. But if you want it, you can go back and look at that photo and look at uh, and get that kind of flood of um, memories back if you, if you need them. But nine times out of 10, people take the photos they know they've got that safety blanket if they want to go and look at it, but they don't. Mm. Um, but um, I'm saying that, I am also a big fan of not getting rid of everything. Um, I kept some things from, from my mum, and I think that's perfectly fine. Mm. Um, I know a few people where they're like, anything that makes you feel sad or anything, just get it out, get it out of the house. And sometimes seeing some of my mum's things does upset me. Um, because it just reminds me of, of what I'm missing but I don't see that as a bad thing I, I, I I'm not an advocate of just grabbing stuff and just throwing it all out and not processing mm-hmm. it uh, the things I've kept I've kept my mom's ring I've kept a necklace and I've kept a cardigan that she used to wear when she wasn't feeling great um, and that for me I'm, I'm happy with that I feel comfortable with having that and I feel as though that it's just something that I've got of my mom that I can hold on to when I want to and I don't see that as a, as a negative thing it doesn't make me feel bad in fact it makes me smile whenever I look at those things it reminds me yeah I've lost her it's sad but she taught me so much she was an amazing woman like what I've learned after losing her is it's priceless Mm. so it's like I've I've reframed it in the past Mm. I might have sat and cried as I cuddled that uh as I cuddled into that cardigan whereas now I've I've reframed it and I look at it as an actually yeah it was an awful period of my life 
but it's made me who I am today and it's, it kind of gives me strength. And I think if you've got a possession that doesn't give you strength and takes that away, then that's where the problem is. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a possession that's got some sentimental piece to it that, that is a good thing, then by all means, keep it. It's, it's mm-hmm. not a case of just anything that you don't use um, every single day of your life needs to get out of the house. No, I love a memory box. I, I've got a memory box. I've got memory boxes for my daughters, which I've put in things that I think they would like. And it's completely up to them when I pass it over to them, whether they keep it or not. It's, mm. it's their decision. Um, and and, I, and that's perfectly fine. Um, and Because I, I think people do have a bit of a misconception with the minimalism, minim, minim, I can't even say the word, <laughs> an essentialism lifestyle where they think it's some kind of competition where they'll go, well, that person only owns 30 things. Like, I want to be like them. Or like, my God, why would you want to live with only 30 things? That sounds horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got two polar ends of the spectrum. Whereas for me, it's not that at all. Like, I'm not competing with anybody on how much I own. It's just more about me understanding what I want in my life, understanding who I am as a person, what my values are, and aligning everything else to that. So Mm -hmm. I will only bring things into my house that help me live the life I want to. Mm -hmm. I don't just, I don't impulse buy of things that will just make me feel bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I only put things in my calendar that I want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So if someone asks me to, um, I don't know, help with the school sports day, I'll probably be like, Nah. <laughs> Whereas I love going in to read with the kids because yeah. sitting down and reading with the kids is something that I love to do. Yeah. But being outside and trying to rally loads of kids um, on their sports day is probably not something that I'm going to be very good at. So it's about being honest about what I want, not what other people expect you to do or expect you to have. Like you don't have to have a 70 inch TV just because Nora next door's got one. Like, do you do you need one? Like. Like don't there's all of these kind of society, uh, societal um, pressures and expectations, and it's about kind of detaching yourself from that and just focusing on you. And it goes back to that whole sh- thing is like quieting down that noise on the periphery so you can focus on what you want as a person mm. um, and as a family unit as well, mm. and just solely focusing on that because, I mean, in this world that we're living in where we're so connected in so many different ways it is difficult um but for me it's the only way to kind of get through things with any form of sanity is to just switch a lot of it off because it's it's a nightmare otherwise trying to navigate your way through all of that do you find that um people that you know you coach have real issues with that and like maybe even understanding and and being aligned with their values and I I don't know whether you know this is probably a bold statement but whether there's a female or a female gender bias within that as well because as women sometimes in society it's kind of we've learned to take a bit of a back seat or learned just to kind of not stand up and say no when we want to say no and you know with that links so much into self-esteem and all that kind of stuff do you think or have you seen with the clients and the people that you coach um, or however sorry you want to praise um, the people that you work with um, have you seen that there's been any like common or very familiar or similar patterns that have run through everyone that you've worked with? Yeah, definitely. And it's like, it's it's quite surprising, really, because when I was when I was going through it all, I thought it was only me that was like that. I thought, why, why do I put so much pressure on myself? But actually, everyone I work with is doing exactly the same that I was. And it's it is a bit of a it probably there probably is a bit of a gender difference there as well but I think in the past however so many years like 30 years or so there has been a bit of a shift in in kind of the female role shall we mm-hmm. say so we went from being very much the home birds where we would be at home looking after the kids looking after the house the man would go out and do the work and that's gradually shifted to where actually we're going out we're working we're we're doing what we want to do and there's this sometimes not a resistance to it I think it's because we've been I mean it's everywhere isn't it it's in media it's in films it's just been ingrained in us from when we're little 
that the man is the head of the house and the female isn't and it is changing I mean let's be honest it, it's getting there it's, it, mm. you've seen all these female superheroes and <laughs> like being positive role models and stuff and it, it, it's good but I still think we're at the very early stages of it because the amount of people that I that I work with that have this huge guilt on their shoulders because they feel as though they need to be doing just as well as what the mums were doing back in the 40s when they didn't have a job and they were basically at home with the kids and looking mm-hmm. after the house. They feel that they've got to do as much as they were plus look after um yeah career mm. um and then plus like all the other kind of stuff that modern day life throws at you but we do we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be perfect in everything and that tends to be a general theme that runs through all of the people that I work with is that there is an under a general understanding that they need to have it all and they need to be best in, mm. in, in all of those things mm. and that's not the case you don't have to have it all for a start mm. uh, you, you don't have to be um uh, be on this school council you don't have to be like doing x y and z like you, you can split things with, with your with your husband now like it's not frowned upon you share like me as i say me and my husband share the housework we share the looking after the kids mm. um whereas uh, when I first became a mum, despite me not being brought up in an environment that really lived by that rule, I still thought that that was the job of me, that I needed to look after the kids and I needed to be cooking the meals and everything like that. And it, it's just bizarre, really, because I know that's not the case. I've got a very modern husband and he likes doing stuff like that. He loves being with the kids. Uh, and that tends to be um, the main problem is that we, we we like to make life hard on ourselves as women. Like, as I say, we, we see all of these different roles. We don't want to be seen as inferior in any of them. So we'll put so much pressure on trying to be good in, in all and in everything. And that's where we get this whole clutter effect from, because there's too much stuff. We're trying to spread ourselves too thin. Um, we're trying to fight fires left, right and centre because we're not focused on what it is that we want as a person and what we want as a family. Um, and we'll get carried away and we we'll see what our friends are doing. We we'll see what people online are doing and we we'll get carried away. Um, and it's easily done. Um, I've done it. Um, sometimes I have to stop myself doing it now. I'm like, oh, wait, hang on a second. What am, what am mm-hmm. I doing? Like, that's not what I want to be doing. Let's get back on track. Yeah. And it is hard. Um, but it, it is something that it's, it's, I mean, even people that I don't work with, I see them doing it. So I usually find myself coaching people that I shouldn't be. I'm like talking to my sister. I'm like, you know what? have you thought about this? <laughs> <laughs> and like, she's not even asked me in input, but I, I just start doing it because it, as I say, I see it everywhere now. It, 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 I thought it was me. And I think it, I think it's just a, it's just women in general, um, putting a lot of pressure on ourselves and just expecting mm-hmm. that we can do everything at a hundred percent when we can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a good point to remember. And I'm sure, you know, I've always been very like, um aware that as well you know men have their own issues and struggles and pressures that we perhaps can try and understand but ultimately you know it's only when you're in those shoes that you can fully kind of experience it um and I think that's always very important to remember as well like you were saying about how we can almost relapse back to hold habit habits and I don't know whether you notice when whether there's something specific that you do when those like older habits are driven back in like I'll find myself like buying chocolate when I don't need it and then similar to what you were just saying, I'm like, okay, am I stressed? Do I need to take a break? Am I doing too much? Am I being present in my life? Because similarly, like on that respect with the comparison thing, like, you know, it's firstly, I'll, I'll wait for that second question, but the first one in terms of, you know, those patterns of behavior, do you have specific patterns that you notice that you start to feed back in, like you were just touching upon that you're like, oh my gosh, okay, is it that you start collecting or holding on to things or is it that you are just a bit feeling cluttered in general? Yeah, definitely. I think for, for me, I, my trigger points are 
um, well, clutter in the homes. So if we've gone through a period like Christmas or birthdays where there's been a bit of an influx of things for the kids, let's be honest, um, mm. <laughs> that 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 can get me a little bit on edge. And also just me feeling um, me feeling out of control. That's kind of what gets me because uh, I briefly mentioned it before we went live is that last year I got ill. So I got COVID really early on in March mm-hmm. when the pandemic was first coming over here. Um, and that I've been ill for, for since then pretty much. And that had, uh, that knocked me quite a lot. So even though I was quite well established in this kind of like lifestyle, I was like, right, I've got this. This is brilliant. <laughs> I've got it nailed. I felt so proud of myself. <laughs> but then life happens, doesn't it? Like stuff happens. And um it just two things came along at once actually. Again, I'm going to be open and honest. In February I had a miscarriage. In March I got COVID. And that just knocked me for six. I was like, do you know what? Like what what have I done? Like oh. someone up there just does not like me. Oh, um, that's awful. Yeah, and it just it, it that um I think if that if that had happened to me eight, nine years ago, it wouldn't have been pretty. Mm. Um, but I can only feel um, grateful that it happened to me at that point in life because mm-hmm. because I'd pared down on so many things and I do live a very clutter-free life in all aspects. I was able to process it a lot better because yeah. um, I started to find myself like because I was getting low. Um, I was like fallen into old habits so I started to nip online and I think we all did it a little bit in the pandemic because we're a bit bored as well but (laughs) if I feel bad I start to shop um so I was hopping on Amazon and I was buying things trying to make myself feel better and then I'd get the parcel and then I'd feel really guilty and I'd be like oh and I was really branching off quite a lot and I was very aware that I was doing it and it was about pulling myself back in but it was much easier to do that because I over the years I have created a lot of space in my life to be able to cope with things so even though I I mean I'm I'm I don't know what kind of person I would need to be to go through a miscarriage and COVID and not be bothered at all by it. I don't think that person exists. So, Yeah, exactly. So of course there was going to be some repercussions of it, but I felt I was able to pull it back a lot quicker and a lot easier Um, because, and that's always what I tell people is that you may choose to go down this path and, and do simplify, but there are going to be periods of your life that test you. And it's just about, not beating yourself up about it and just going, do you know what? Yeah, I, I was going through a stressful period. I ended up falling into a bad habit, but I've pulled it back. And so what? Mm. Like, we're, we're all human. Mm. We're all, it, this happens to us. We deal with our emotions in different ways. It's just about recognizing it and knowing like, oh, look what I'm doing. I, I, I see what's happening here. Like I need to pull this back. Like exactly what you said there, like, oh, chocolate uh, what's going on here am I feeling a bit stressed actually I am and that's why I've done it what can I do to make myself feel a little bit better could I maybe like go for a nice walk with the dogs and listen to some music and try and distress a little bit Um, could I go to the gym and just get some tension out like whatever you know what makes you feel good Uh, for me I like a bath and I like a dog walk those are the things that chill me out Um, and it's just about recognizing your triggers I mean I would never have said oh a miscarriage and COVID would be my triggers so yes some things will will unexpectedly hit you Um, but just for general day living you will know what your trigger points are and that's something that you get through the process of actually decluttering itself so as you're going through and asking yourself do I want to create space for this in my life, whether it be a book or whether it be um, a calendar event, you, by deciding what you're going to do with that and whether you're going to keep it or not, is actually quite cathartic because you process perhaps why you want it or why you why you um, don't want it, and that helps you define 
Um, it gives you real clarity on what you want, what you don't, and perhaps what your trigger points are as well. Because you're, you're analysing your purchases as well. So everything that's in your house, at some point you've bought or someone's given you and you've accepted it. So like so I, was, I remember times where I was just like, why on earth did I buy that? Yeah. And like, it's just, and that then immediately thinks if you're out in a shop and you see something you're like, if I, I quite fancy buying that, but I know fine well, it's going to fall into that bucket of me in a couple of years time going, what was I doing? <laughs> like, it just, it, it adds a layer of sense and clarity to like, what, like your purchase decisions. Yeah. 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 Decisions on when people say, do you want to do this with this? Or like, would you like to sign up to this? You're like, no, do you know what? I don't. Mm. Um, and you don't feel bad about it because you know fine well you're doing it for yourself and it's mm. a very good reason to not do it um, for your sanity, basically. Yeah. You're so, it's so funny. When you were saying that about the um, Amazon purchases at the start of lockdown, I did exactly exactly the same and spent stupid money on light bulbs I didn't need, like these Philip Hue light bulbs <laughs> that just glow at different... I'm like, didn't need them. We live in a tiny flat. I had this idea of turning the flat into like, some sort of disco environment or like <laughs> sensory. Uh, it was just a complete, like in a couple of years time, I'll be like, why on earth did I do this? <laughs> um, and it, I, I just, it really strikes me, Hedy, that like, you're such a lovely person. And I think that must be so important, such an important quality because you are so open and you're so empathetic and clearly very kind hearted that it must be so important to be able to be like that, working with people in the way that you do, because there's so much vulnerability around everything you've discussed and everything that people must go through in order to even be brave enough to come and speak to you. So do you have a process in terms of when you start coaching with people in terms of like, how do you show them that you're not just going to tell them to chuck out everything and then like go to the depth of their soul and like spew it all out? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Cause I, I, I think people are very scared to to come to me because they they've probably got this impression that it's like a ruthless lifestyle, and that's why I try to be so open. And I I've got um, like I'm quite active on social, and I really try to get that message over. My main message to people is that your life can be so much more with a lot less, and it's not about being ruthless. It's not about um, making yourself go through a lot of pain and tears to get there. It's all about doing it in a really manageable way that's kind to you, that gets you back to where you need to be, um, to find your own identity again, rather than getting it crushed under all of this stuff around you. So I try to really give that message all the time anyway. Um, and I have quite open discussions in my Facebook group as well. And it's really about being transparent. I like to tell my own stories for that reason, because I think um, people that then come to me are very aware of my story and they know what my values are as a, as a person. And that I would never force them to do anything that would um, make them feel um bad or um guilty or anything like that because I've been through it myself and I it's something I always go through in first sessions with people as well it's just like look whatever worked for whoever I've just spoke to yesterday isn't necessarily going to work for you whatever worked for me might not necessarily work for you all that we can do is that I'll hold your hand we'll go through it together um I can give you suggestions about how to process things. Um, but really this work is led by you and I'm just kind of guiding you along the way um, and never to feel embarrassed by things because, God, I think <laughs> they, if people looked in what was in my cupboards a few years ago, they're probably most of the people I would have worked with would be mortified. So it's like <laughs> I've not seen anything that would shock me. I mean, I've been in mean nine-year-old's bedroom nothing can shock me after that (laughs) honestly um so I just try to be have that honesty and transparency about my story and and have a bit of a reality check as well because I think the problem is in in the minimal minimal minimalism world such a long word for something like open (laughs) too many i's and n's and n's I know um but in that world you do see a lot of extreme examples of it 
um, when you hear that word, people are automatically back off a little bit. And they the, the, have like the words deprivation and um, kind of bare white walls like linked to it. That's where their mind immediately goes. <clears throat> but I'm not about that at all. Yeah, that, that might work for some people. Um, but for me, I need to have a lived in house. I need to be active. I don't just sit and do nothing all day and just read a book. Like that's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> I run three businesses. I, I've got two kids. I've got three pets. Like I've got oh my a God. lifestyle. So but, inspiration. Yeah. I, I struggle with myself. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's like so I'm I'm a normal busy woman but I can still have that lifestyle that's perfectly doable and perfectly manageable. And that's where I want people to understand. Cause I think a lot of people look at it and go that, well, that would be lovely, but there's no way I could do that. And it's like, well, actually there is, mm. it's just about picking the right things to do for you. That'll have the biggest impact. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, it's just about kind of making people feel uncomfortable and, and talking about their experience because uh, I know exactly what they're feeling because when I was going through it, I thought I was the only person going through it and they're not. They just need to realise that. And that's why I, I probably speak too much about it. <laughs> no, because it's amazing. No, because it makes it so accessible. Like, you know, and I think it's really important because like you say, without being open about these things, then we'd all just live in our closet of stress and, and like, you know, that on that front of the essentialism book, it's like a squiggle, like an absolute just like mess of lines. And when we get like that, we just, you know, like we were saying at the beginning about the perfectionism and wanting to do the right thing. And then you get so overwhelmed or we get so overwhelmed or I get so overwhelmed, I can't make a decision. You know, then breakfast becomes like, what should I eat? And then it's like, oh, I got to decide. And then, you know, and then that just spirals. So the fact that you give people the, the tools to be able to, like you say, clear it through declutter and then in the longer term when life triggers us because it will like you say like these things just come out of no like who could have expected a pandemic yeah like none of us you know and likewise with I'm so sorry you went through it with miscarriage I understand I I had one earlier in this year and mm. like you say it's I feel I totally understand what you're saying with um you're glad it happened when it did because you're prepared and I know that if five six years ago it happened god knows like it would have been a mess the chocolate pile would have been like yeah flat. The and the rest so. yeah exactly <laughs> um so how can people because i like your content is amazing and i love it and actually even the look of your instagram page i'm like i feel calm and fresh and clean just by looking at it yeah <laughs> and then i look at my room and i'm like oh god i've got so much work to do and like my <laughs> cleanliness and organization out um but how do people find you on instagram and, and your social media yeah, sure. So it's at Hello Simple Joy on Instagram. Um, I've got a Facebook group as well called the Simple Living Society. Um, just a nice small group where it's just a bunch of us who like the slower, simpler life. Um, and I do weekly videos in there as well. Um, and yeah, my website simplejoy.co.uk. Um, and I'm on like things like TikTok and things like that, but I'm still playing with it. So I'll just pretend I'm not on there until I get used to it. And then I might tell people. <laughs> I had a look at TikTok and I, I just, I, I gave up after, I was like, I'm, I, I caught my brain. I, uh, I'm like, I'm trying to be cool, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we should come away, they might be moments of magic that you're creating over there that you yeah. just have no idea about yet. <laughs> and we, before we um, started recording, you were talking about a programme you might be launching in September, October time. Can, do you have an idea yet about that? Or is it too soon to give us an idea about what that might entail? No, sure. So I'm going to be, my aim is to, to launch a six-week program in September October October time um, and it's going to be really focused on um, really just going back to um, the kind of the basics and just understanding what values you've got as a as a person um, because without that I always use that, that that's like the baseline of any work I do with people because there's no point in you starting to get rid of stuff when actually you don't know what you want to get rid of mm. um, and then the six weeks is really focused on uh, working through what I call my unlock your freedom formula which um, is really focusing on um, the things that you want to eliminate um, 
doing some mindset work around about that, giving you some tips and hints and advice and processes to start eliminating things, um, how you can then maintain that moving forward. Um, and it's going to be very much focused on like your household and your possessions to begin with. I mean, my main um, goal in the future is to do that with a lifestyle one as well with commitments and everything. But at the moment, my, um, my main aim is to do one on the home because that's pretty much where most people prefer to start because I say it's a little bit easier to manage. Mm. Um, so it's very much focused on decluttering your home, how you can get into the right mindset for it, how can you make those decisions, um, the processes and steps behind it, and then how to maintain it because there's no point in doing all that work and then just falling back into it again. It's about setting up little processes and habits and routines and things. That sounds amazing. So any of you out there that are looking to start a new chapter post pandemic, hopefully, in uh, it's a good time to have a little bit of decluttering and slow down and a de-stress. And um, I just feel like, you know, it's slightly little thought of all that space that that program will bring. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a good time of year to do it as well because the kids will be back at school and you can get through a great amount of stuff before Christmas as well I think it, Christmas always has an influx of stuff doesn't it so it's about getting those systems and processes set up before all of all of that starts again um, and hopefully it won't have such a big impact on you You'd be proud of me actually I chucked out some mince pies from the freezer the other day or I rehashed them into a crumble slice Ooh. It got to like the summer time and I was like, we can't still have mince pies in the freezer because I'm the same still with some food. Like I'll still, I really hate waste. So maybe I need to come and do your yeah. program. <laughs> I'm sure well, there's big things. Kind of recycling. So you've recycled your mince pies. I've recycled everything. Absolutely. Like I can't throw it away. So yeah, I didn't throw it away. Um, I recycled it into a crumble slice, half of which I ate, Lovely. half of which went back into the freezer. Uh, so yes, perhaps uh, perhaps I should take a leaf out of your book and continue to to check that there's nothing else lingering in that freezer. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hayley, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so great to to meet you and to chat and to to hear okay. about your story. Thank you for being so open and honest. I really appreciate that. And just let's just recap all your um your social media and your website for people that want to come and have a look. Yeah, sure. So my website's simplejoy.co.uk and my social media is basically at hello simplejoy everywhere. <laughs> I'm going to start just sharing everything now. I'm going to be like, this is what Hayley says, everybody. I'm going to be like your, your disciple at the other side. Um, well, look, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and thank you so much for, for listening, you guys at home. Let us know what you think. If you have any questions for Hayley, um, maybe send those in and we can look at doing another podcast further down the line. Maybe try and put some of these tips that Hayley's said today into practice and, uh, and without meaning to sound too much like a teacher. And we'll check back in in a couple of months <laughs> and see how your life has improved. Um, Hayley, thank you so much. And I'm sure we shall speak again soon. Oh, thank you. Speak soon.